0: So what we understood early on is that when you start your, when you start to see your identity from the lower spectrum, which is uh, I'm a human being first, then your family just tends to grow. The moment you kind of start seeing that I'm a, I'm an Indian, I'm a Hindu, I'm a, you know, I'm a half Gurkha, when all these identities identities start coming in, then you really move away from the part of you being just a human being first. It doesn't matter whether you're a girl or a boy, you're just like human being having to ski to the North Pole was like an eye-opener. It was almost like you're physically in a freezer and you know what the situation is firsthand. And that was like, absolutely. I mean, after that, Nash and I knew that, uh, you know, we did realize that we have to be more conscious in life as human beings and, you know, our impact is what will create, um, you know, a world for better or for worse. All the four members in a team, they were trying to survive, you know what I mean? Like, it was such a brutal race. That every member of the team was just wanting to survive first and then help others.
1: Adventure Twins, Tashi and Noomshi Malik. My name is JP Alipio and you're listening to The Wildcast. Welcome to episode 26 of The Wildcast. A very, very special episode. I'm not sure if I actually say this every episode, but this one is extra special. I have... Twins, Adventure twins, um, world record holders, Tashi and Nungshi Malik. They have climbed all seven summits in all seven continents of the world and skied to the North and South Poles. There are only two of 50 people to do it. And I think they're the first twins to actually do this feat. So they completed this in two years. Imagine that they climbed Everest, Aconcagua, um, Denali, Kilimanjaro, Mount Elbrus, Mount Vincent, Puncak Jaya. And skied to the North and South Pole in just two years. I think they are the first uh, South Asians to do this. The first twins. Uh, oh. Probably the first in our region, actually, to... To do these amazing feats. And and um, to add to this, they just finished the Eco Challenge. I mean, it's the toughest race in the world, if, if not the toughest race. A lot of the things they've done, I have only dreamt about my entire life, uh, including the Eco Challenge. And here they are, finishing all of these... Things, these amazing things in just two years But So we talk about all of this, the eco-challenge And of course their advocacies to bring adventure And raise the status of women in India Very important, very timely discussions that we need to have in this day and age Before I let you go into this amazing conversation I would like to take this opportunity to invite all of you listeners to actually check out our new Wildcast merchandise. It is this beautiful, beautiful t-shirt, the Madonna de Gisalo, which is designed. It's an artwork, amazing artwork made by Sherry Lowen, and she made this for us in jeepney art and the diwata style of the filipino and it's now available uh through pre-order on the show notes of uh, this episode so please help support the wildcast and order some of these shirts they come they come with a really really cool um sticker waterproof sticker as well that comes you can put it on your bike put it on your car your computer And the shirts themselves, they are works of art. Seriously, you have to see it. They're works of art. And you will not regret getting a pair. Uh, It comes in gray uh, cotton and synthetic. So we have two. One for hard riding, hard charging outside. And another for lifestyle leisure. And just general walking about. So head over to the show notes and make an order through our order link. It's a pre-order for the shirts. Uh, thank you so much for everybody who orders one of the shirts. It really helps support the uh, the Wildcast and helps us continue producing great content for this show. Thank you so much. And here's Tashi and Nomshi Malik with their... Big adventures. Thank you very much for coming on my small podcast. This is a podcast I actually started during this whole, um, pandemic (laughs) because I, I found myself without a job doing, I, my work is also in the outdoors. So we, we put together adventure events, trail running, mountain biking events. Um, I used to be quite an adventure racer 20 years ago and, uh, you know, I was watching your show on uh, on Amazon, the Eco Challenge, and I said, "Oh wow, you know, I have I have to have you both on my podcast because I mean, you guys were amazing, what you went through." And then just thinking to myself, like, "Oh my God, they just got on the bike two weeks before this race," and, and like for me, I'm a, I'm a big mountain biker, It's like, "Oh my God, they're gonna you know they're gonna break on the mountain bike on the mountain bike leg of this." So. So thank you so much for coming, coming on, on the Wildcast.
0: Yeah, we are excited. I mean, you know, we uh, love adventure. And so when we hear from like-minded people across the world, you know, it just sort of ignites that spirit. Um, and, you know, wanting to just share that sort of experience with others. Uh, so they know what it takes to not have a mountain bike for life. And then to all of a sudden get on a race with just two weeks of mountain biking. Um, And we're very excited to be here. So thank you for having us. And we totally understand the whole pandemic situation. I think everybody kind of needs that positivity right now. And with examples like these and, you know, obviously uh, the World's Toughest Race, which has now premiered, uh, I think people are gaining more interest in adventure sports. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there couldn't have been a better useful time for Eco Challenge to launch itself (laughs) than now. now. For
1: For sure. I mean, everybody's stuck at home and then wishing to go on an adventure. And then here we are watching all of you go through all this, you know, really difficult uh, adventure. I mean, 20 years ago, Eco Challenge was the race I wanted to join uh, before, you know, adventure racing started, you know, took a little bit of a, a nap uh, till till you guys came back. And I think it's probably going to come back because of, of the Eco Challenge. And um, maybe to start off. How, i mean you you are you're both from india how difficult is it to be like this adventure a female adventure in india
0: hmm. yeah so i would say starting out initially honestly like we said you know we i don't know if you've heard a little about our story but just to give you a little background um so growing up obviously we were born in a uh, military family where dad was in the army and you mm-hmm. know, we had traveled the length and the breadth of the country and we did realize that no matter where in the country we went you know, there was very few participation of girls and women in sports in general. Like, you know, we would take our cricket bats and go outside and we would find only a group of boys playing cricket, whereas we barely found boys right. to hang out with and be like, hey, do you want to play cricket too? You know, so it was just two of us holding a bat and a ball. And thankfully, we are twins. That's why we thank God, because, you know, at least we had a companionship growing up. Um, yeah. And, you know, it was almost like absent from the outdoor industry. Um, and I think that's what we kind of noticed when we were growing up. Not like we were not privileged. I mean, our dad made sure that the outdoors is accessible to us. And, you know, he always made sure that Mm -hmm. Nash and I have a fair chance to go out and play sports and do whatever kind of activity. Uh, But if you ask in general, I think growing up, we did see a trend of like men and boys playing more sports than women in our country. And when you talk of adventure sports, that was almost Mm -hmm. absent. Like, literally, you wouldn't find. For sure. Yeah, yeah, it was absolutely kind of like absent from here. and. I remember when Nash and I first took to mountaineering as well, yeah. it was very challenging. I mean, we don't talk of our challenges often, but these are the invisible mountains we had to climb to yeah. sort of get to where we are today. Uh, starting from yeah. home yeah. itself, like our mom is always worried about the two of us. You know, we are the only girls in the family. But of
1: course. Yeah. Any mom, I think, would be. <laughs> any mom. <willing. laughs> any mom would be.
0: And she was like, you know, you girls, if you talk about mountaineering to me, I'm I'm, I'm not going to be happy. Like that, that makes me worried all the time. Yeah. So, you know, there was always this... Uh, understanding that, uh, you know, uh, no matter how good you are at sports, people did feel a kind of concern for the two of us uh, undertaking such a mission. So I know people would often comment by saying, you know, what if you guys lose a limb or life, you know, like you're the only kids of the family and everything will be like upside down, you know, everything will be quite a dampener for the family. So we never Mm got that sort of encouragement from peers in society that we are in. However, our dad has been a very strong sort of support um, who has let us, you know, uh, explore and follow our own passion because he believes that truly life begins out of your comfort zones and uh, he was able to help us overcome those battles to actually climb. And slowly and steady, we realized that this is what people actually love because, you know, you get to know so much about yourself and realize that more people wanted to now take into adventure sports. So I think it's just like still evolving, I would say not yet there like we're not very passionate about adventure yet in the country but definitely a lot of people are getting into it and that's kind of creating a momentum and i think it'll do mm-hmm. some great things in life or it's like-
1: you, you know about about two years ago i was in india i went to bombay yes. and i i did a trail race in it's called the western ghats i'm, yeah. I'm sure you're familiar yeah. with that that area and and we went up uh this fort called srinagar and 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 went it was like a 50 kilometer race. I only did like a half of that, 21k. But um but I really saw there was a big, you know, big big interest in adventure sports, going out into the mountains and and just seeing how many people were out on the trail. Not just the runners, you know, there there was a lot of tourists hiking up the mountain. Uh really shows how how much interest there is in India for for the adventure sports, and you guys are, you know, at the forefront um, of this. No, um, and I know in India, it's it's common that women tend to be looked at as, you know, to be married off, essentially, and and this is a thing, right? Uh, I have I have Indian friends as well, and and mostly um, their families want to marry off the women, and 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 this is an issue that you've tackled also in in your work as well as your your foundation. No? Can you tell me a little bit about this?
0: Yeah, so, uh, you know, even for us, I mean, to think of it, we started climbing about 10 years ago. It just seems like yesterday, but uh, to be honest, it's taken a lot, of, a lot of years to kind of reach the place that we are in at the moment. And I think like other things uh, with marrying girls or climbing is not for girls, things are changing because what you see, you believe. So when there are world breaking records by women in the country or by men, uh, people tend to see them as an inspiration. For the longest time, we've not had or seen mentors uh, in this particular field, you know, especially outdoor adventures. Like, I never thought about somebody who would you call and ask them what is the path, like what's the way forward. We would just Google a few names: Edmund Hillary, really Tenzing Norgay, where the whole the, the whole climbing community got you know interested in, and then it it, it, boiled, it boiled down to nothing in our own country, and we are like, yeah, so that needs to change. Obviously, we need to have more and more people um, come outdoors. Uh, which is why soon after we did all the seven summits and the Grand Slam Challenge, which to us also wasn't about a personal thrill. It was, uh, you know, we were so inspired by the cause of the girl child and kind of inspire them uh, to climb their own invisible mountains to overcome those challenges and achieve their goals. We decided we'll do something big, you know, where girls feel strong, they feel empowered and where they feel there's nothing that's going to stop them if they put their mind and heart into it. Obviously, then the ecosystem also matters, you know, like where you come from in India. Uh, There are societies where women can't even think about sitting in a a group having a normal conversation because that's seen as a taboo. But Mumbai, Delhi, some of the major cities, uh, things are changing.
1: More progressive. More
0: progressive. And yeah, it's like any other city in the world. Uh, Definitely more, uh, you know, open to ideas, open to a lot of things in their life. So the whole idea of the Nooshitashi Foundation actually came from uh, the growing interest in outdoors from kids around the country. And we received like scores of messages from girls, including boys, young and, young boys and girls, oh, no. <laughs> saying that you guys should do something where we can come be and a part of it. Part of. And so we decided we'll start the foundation to, you know, kind of highlight uh, the importance of outdoors in our community and also to have fair participation of women and girls in that. So the, mm-hmm. we then ended up uh, establishing our Outdoor leadership school, which kind of feeds into the foundation work as well. Uh, because otherwise, it's uh, you know it's very difficult to sustain yourself. It's still a field of
1: course, of course. That is
0: uh, you know lowly funded, and uh, <laughs> that's been the biggest challenge. I think for most organizations around the world. This is one thing yeah. that we all have to figure out even today. So we started a small initiative, and I, even if like it's few lives that we touch, we're so glad that these people do think it's making a difference in their life i mean ultimately uh the two of us are gonna you know go away i mean is gonna know who's Numshi taji who what, are climbers whatever but um, the the experiences the moments you create with kids now with people around you now is is what is going to stay with them forever so those memories are more important and we are able to create that within the foundation and the oh, that, that's
1: that's really good and and being india india's um you know it it there's a very distinct something I noticed while I was there, there's a very distinct gap between sort of the very rich and the very poor in India. And generally outdoor sports all over the world, not just in India has been sort of a sport of privilege in a way you need to have some means to be able to go mountain biking or, or, or go mountain mountaineering and climbing and it's expensive. And and you would know this, of, of course, you know, how expensive it is to be doing all these sports and, how have you sort of um <clears throat> uh, gone through this process where you've uh in in your work in the in the foundation how you've sort of helped get more people from the disadvantaged communities into outdoor sports? Is this something that you do
0: regularly <laughs> yes so yeah, well. Yeah, like the work within the foundation, it's uh, divided into a lot of uh, subdivisions within the foundation. Mm -hmm. And uh, like Nash and I, we, uh, you know, like you said, financials are always a challenge in the country. And, you know, we come from a middle class family, but I know that dad being the only bread earner in the family it was kind of very difficult for us to pursue this. So we uh, started out by giving motivational talks actually within the country. So we were getting invited by corporate uh, houses and, you know, we would often go and uh, give a motivational talk, which would get us a remuneration for the work that we're doing. And a part of that remuneration, we would like donate it to the foundation because we knew we wanted to okay. impact other lives as well. Um, and so the part of the foundation that goes, we organize some events here in India called the Bees Camp Festival India, one of them, which we do as an annual sort of event. Um, and obviously, oh, nice. because of the pandemic this year, we weren't able to host it, but we started this in 2018. And it's already, already been two years since we have hosted that event wherein we actually get girls from marginalized communities here, near our uh, state, and uh, help them be a part of this whole event. Whether it's in terms of getting these local women villages to come and participate wearing their own uh, cultural attires and just showcasing a sort of you know, formal dance, which is their cultural dance here, um, or whether it's just getting these young girls to help come and participate like, in all these like, obstacle challenges that we host, and if they win they mm-hmm. win you know like there's no like we won't be like oh maybe you're from there or you're not from there you can't sort of win this game so it's basically really igniting that spirit and helping them be a part of our events because then they get a fair and a rough idea of what the outdoor community is all about yeah, but you know i you mean know, not even just like focusing on yeah. uh, you know outdoor as such i mean that's a big part of it an integral part of the whole outdoor leadership mm-hmm. school and foundation but there are so many other things, you know, that that we need to address yeah. with, like, the community girls, uh, whether it's hygiene, whether it's sanitation. There are so many other issues that revolve Absolutely. around outdoors. You know, how to you know, keep your environment clean and uh, what does it really take yeah. to be outside? Yeah. Like, can we minimize our mm-hmm. imprint when we are going out and doing such things? So there are, like, all these, uh, you know, educative tours we give uh, to the village that we've kind of semi-adopted uh, in uh, our area. And we are so proud that we are able to work with those kids Uh, Whether it's our, uh, you know, the Base Camp Festival or it's the School Outdoor uh, Trophy, the School Outdoor Leadership Mm. uh, Challenge. And that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of where we are at the moment. But this is like um, amidst all our work that we are doing with the corporate. So it's like a three man army (laughs) because our dad is also a big part of this.
1: I saw your dad is your biggest supporter, your biggest fan, your biggest, like, his everything.
0: He's also <laughs> from his daughter. So I don't know how happy he is about being called our third sister, but he definitely is a big part of our journey. Much of our life is driven by him. Yeah. yeah.
1: And um, when you reached the summit of Mount Everest, I saw, I read, I read an article where you planted both the flags of Pakistan and in India. Um, This is a very, I would think, like coming from a military family, you would be a bit more conservative. I mean, a bit more pro India. How was this sort of activism lit in both of you that you, you know, you went to the summit rather than just represent India? You represent both Pakistan and India.
0: Yeah, so Tash and I, you know, have like because of our travels, we've gained a lot of interest in a couple of other things. We ended up doing peace building and conflict studies from the US uh, when we were barely 19 years old. So it was pretty early wow. early on that we uh, you know took on that course. As a result, we went to Rwanda, Afghanistan, Sri Lanka, Nepal and worked in some of the most vulnerable communities and that kind of strengthened our understanding of identity. And to us, we realized that if you look across the world, there is a big buzz about where you're from, who you are, and you kind of, even your job opportunities are kind of based on that. Your profession can have a big boost if you are from a particular community or you represent a particular identity, you're in a bracket, right? So what we understood early on is that when you start, your, when you start to see your identity from the lower spectrum, which is, uh, I'm a human being first, then your family just tends to grow, the moment you kind of start seeing that i am a i am an indian i am a hindu i am a you know i am a half gorkha when all these identities identities start coming in then you really move away from the part of you being just a human first it doesn't matter whether you're a girl or a boy you're just like human being and to us that understanding kind of changed our perspective about how we see others around us i mean sometimes we're very oblivious to the fact that the other person may have so many differences because they're from a different community but it doesn't say that some of the core values of human existence is, is spread across the world. And it's a global thing. And so for us, even in the, uh, the outdoors climbing community, we've seen that. We've seen that there are no boundaries. When you go to the summit of a mountain, when you share that journey with somebody who's from a totally different region to where you come from, it doesn't matter. Because at the core of all of this human relation is your heart and it's compassion. And mm-hmm. you can share that with somebody else. It doesn't matter where you come from. And so yeah. the, the friend of ours who we climbed with uh, on Samina Bay. It was just a special moment. We were three girls from, you know, whatever communities coming together to, to summit the Mount, Mount together, you know, Mount Everest together. And that journey to us was very special. It was very inspiring. And we thought, why not? You know, we are women and uh, we characterize the 21st century very well. We are bold. And uh, this, is, this is our moment. So let's celebrate it. Times like these are very,
1: very wow. special. Good for you. And thank you. Thank you for doing that. You know, I think it's, it's really needed in this time. Um, it's such a, such a conflicted time in our, in our history that people like you doing, doing things as simple as that, becoming icons, becoming these representatives, um, not just for women, but also for humanity, as you say, uh, is very important. And um you've done all of these expeditions. Basically, you've gone all the seven summits, Everest, McKinley, you've done the North and South Poles on foot. That I mean it's just mind-blowing what you've been able to do in the last ten years, you know. For for many people, half of that is something that you won't do in your lifetime. I've not done any of those. <laughs> and you know, I, I consider myself as as quite an adventurous person. But um of all of those what was the most memorable for you all of those trips what did what which trip was the most memorable the the one that sort of would you would say change the way your 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 outlook on life or
0: wow you know i guess we are asked that question a lot you know a lot of people mm-hmm. always want to know like which was the most memorable and and it's kind of challenging because, you know, when you look at the North and the South Pole in comparison to the mountains, they're yeah. very different. You know, the skills required are different yeah. for each of the sport. Like we went skiing in North and South Pole, whereas we didn't ski it to the 7th Summit. So, you know, comparing the yeah. North Pole, South Pole to the climbing would be unfair. But I know yeah. that uh, for me, I don't know. For me, I think personally, Everest was a game changer in a lot of ways. And I was really enlightened by the whole experience, to be honest, like, I think there was, there was a much deeper calling for me to climb Everest. And when I successfully actually went on that journey, it was very transformative. You know, there were things that I discovered about myself that I wouldn't have if I was, you know, at home working in my office space or like my room space. um, And I wouldn't have got those lessons in life. Like, I mean, Everest in general, like it was one of those mountains we dreamt of. And for me, like I told my sister and my dad, it was more of a spiritual calling. So I told my dad, like, I just felt like the mountain was kind of inviting me to come and just explore that mountain in a way. So it was quite deep. It was quite deep. And uh, just going through that journey of climbing Everest and the kind of humility that you gain out of the whole experience, along with meeting such incredible people from all over the world, you know, it was just beautiful. And I mean, when you look at the two, I I would say North Pole also opened a lot of, uh, you know, uh, I would say it opened a lot of perspectives in our own selves. When you look at climate and when you look at what's going around in the world, Um, during the north pole expedition too i mean we were in one of the most critical or the drastic sort of environment where you know we were battling with nature like we have never done that before and battling with nature is something that you know you cannot win over you know the winds are going to be you know pushing you from left to right and um, it's, it's just pretty nasty out there you know the environment is quite dangerous So i would say there were a lot of key takeaways from north pole as well understanding how there's so much damage already done to the environment and looking at what we are able to see now and realizing that maybe at some point, even our future generations to come may not be able to go through this experience was kind of like mm-hmm. really heartbreaking. Eh? Like we did not expect that in a lot of ways. Like, and we did see we did along this journey, we did come across the, you know, previous uh, examples and pictures of the whole region to what it is now. And having to ski to the North pole was like an eye opener. It was almost like you're physically in a freezer And you know what the situation is firsthand. And that was like, absolutely. I mean, after that national, I knew that, uh, you know, we did realize that we have to be more conscious in life as human beings. And, you know, our impact is what will create, um, you know, a world for better or for worse. And that realization came on very early on. And we take that as an example and talk about it when we talk to young kids, you know, how do you minimize impact on the environment? Um, and really taking away that pulse of Mother Earth, where we have understood that the air you breathe out is the air we breathe in. So we are kind of like related. We? we are interconnected. interconnected and we have to be mindful of that and, you know, kind of contribute towards a better world together. And it's not just two of us wanting to change the world, but it's ripples of change from all over, over the world and voices coming to make that impact. So I think there were these levels of understanding we had from all these journeys and for us really reaching the summit of Everest was maybe a goal, but then we took away much more than that, you know, from the journey, Um, having met such incredible people with such great, you know, uh, mindset for life and the things that they want to change around. It was quite a, quite a very impactful.
1: Wow. Yeah. And, and like you said, no, um, your air is my air even though you're, you know, 5,000 kilometers away. Uh, and even our water is connected, if you think about it. And uh, I read somewhere that the water we drink today was the same water Cleopatra drank uh, many years ago. So we're, we're interconnected, like, through history, uh, through time, and also across many, many kilometers. And um, uh, I saw the Echo Challenge. Was this your first race?
0: This
1: was the first <laughs> I was wondering because like, they look like it's their first race. It's and 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 when I was watching it, I I was I was like looking at it and and thinking, oh my god, they're gonna break at some point. I hope they don't break. And, and you know, like looking at you don't have any experience on the bikes. You look very awkward on the water. Um, and then and then just seeing it. And, and then you guys finished it was so amazing i mean and then I, of course i looked into you into you both and found out oh okay that's why they finished they have this you know this 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 long background of doing expeditions and doing these mountaineering mountaineering trips and and really difficult times and <clears throat> can you, can you take me through the process of getting into the eco challenge preparing for it and and just going through the race i mean you know Being at your first first race, it was your first race.
0: And uh, honest admission, we guys had remained relatively sedentary before the opportunity struck. So uh, in a way, we were out of training. We hadn't climbed for like the last two years. Uh, You know, decent, average uh, fitness. Uh, But when the opportunity came, we are like, yes, we never say no to anything. You know, it's very easy to just back out and be like, nah, that's not my thing. But it was just, we saw in it a great opportunity. Uh, to get back into training, number one, but also kind of work on through the various disciplines that were involved in Eco Challenge. Yeah. Uh, extremely difficult, JB. I mean, you know, when we said yes to it, it felt good. But the moment all these, you know, the forms started coming in, more about the race info started coming in, I was like, did we just sign up on a suicide mission or something? Like, this sounds crazy. 80% of the discipline was going to involve water, whether it was sailing, paddle boarding, yeah. uh, kayaking, canoeing, which we never done. let alone create your own raft, which you wouldn't even imagine in your wildest dream. I was like, what are we doing? Like, is this for us? And I think till the very end, we were not sure what we are heading into. Uh, Mom kept, you know, nudging us. She's like, when are you guys going to get off your bed and start training? And we literally had about 2 months yeah. before we finally went to pg and in those 2 months we first had to uh, discover some of these you know institutions where we could go and take training especially for the what mm. barely mm. any uh, there were only a few organizations and even none to our notice but um, we managed to you know pull in a week course with the army uh, the navy uh, because, of, because of our dad's history in the military and it was extremely challenging because even within those one week of training you're like you're trying to make sense of the key words and what does a sail mean and what is the you know the, the raft what, what, what does all of this mean uh but when we got into this we weren't even sure like how dramatic the whole adventure racing uh, is going to be like and we kind of uh gave way we're like okay yeah we'll see how far we go and uh, let's not stress too much but with the moment we landed in Fiji, uh, you know, apart from all the gear management that we also took to ourselves, the logistics of it, uh, what to carry, what not to carry, we had no clue mm-hmm. uh, what fabric would be good, Absolutely. what are we going to wear. Um, despite all of that, we went. And uh, in Fiji, when we started to see uh, athletes who were like really at the top of the game, uh, we guys are like, oh, okay, this is, yeah. I mean, we're going to come out in camp one and we Bad about it because uh, there's, <laughs> there's no way we're gonna finish the race. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you look at their uh, you know simple things like uh, I mentioned this earlier in one of my interviews. Simple things like a map holder yeah. we, on a bike, right? And somebody came and he's like, "Why are you guys is my fault?" I was like, "Why do you yeah. need a map holder though? Right? Can't you just like read a map of it?" He's like, "You're gonna waste time and how are you gonna know what's the next turn?" As like <laughs> oh <laughs> that's exactly gosh. the point. We don't know what's expect what would to come and honestly I think uh, you know right now we're just describing it because we've done the race and we've kind of you know we've made it to the finish line and everything but I'm telling you Mm -hmm. the anticipation going into the race like we were just lost we were lost in Jurassic World we did not we did not understand adventure racing because we had never done it So everything people were talking about were hustling about, we were just very curious in knowing what they're talking about. Like, (laughs) what is this adventure racing all about? So even before going, like my sister said, mountain biking for two weeks, because (laughs) here in India, obviously we have a lot of traffic. So, you know, we don't have proper mountain biking trails where you can take your bike and head out. Um, So it was kind of very challenging, even the training bit for Eco Challenge. I think we were very unprepared. And I tell this every time, because I know Nash and I felt like we are going to, you know, experience failure for the first time. Because all our climbs, you know, we had made it in our first attempt, and this yeah. was almost like a dampener. We're like, for sure, we are not going to make it to the first camp because everything that we were gaining or learning out of this whole, you know, experience, we were realizing that it's getting harder. Like, like my sister said, even in Fiji, with no understanding of anything, mm-hmm. you know, we are trying to understand how do we pack for the first few legs of the race, like. Yeah, what are you expected say, to pack? Like just, just day before we left, I think somebody came <laughs> inside our room, one of the team members from one of the teams in Canada, Canada team, and he's like, oh, where are you guys' uh, like food packs? I was like, What do you mean by food packs? He's like, haven't you divided your food in different like for different days? I was like, is that what you're supposed to do? We just like had no clue what to expect, what to do. And so, when we started out i mean truly (laughs) just blown away by the level of endurance the level of uh, resilience and perseverance we all had to keep to really make it to the next camp and i think that was kind of like an added pressure but i'm telling you it was so hard we were still in that learning process but it was all great at the end of the day i think that's what we took away from eco challenges those experiences of like gaining so much information and knowledge about adventure racing and to even learn new disciplines i think that was the best part like I'm scared of the water. And so is my yeah, sister, like, we know dead. swimming. And the only reason why we were scared in the swimming section is also because I remember when we were 19, we thought we were great swimmers because we were into swimming a lot. And we were, we would go to the swing, swimming pool here and swim every now and then. So we go to US for the first time and we, there was this lake we had to cross, um, you know, while swimming. And we were confident. So all our friends are like, hey, Nash and Tash, why don't you jump in the lake with us and we'll go swim across and come back. And we're like, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> we're great swimmers. You know, we'll do it. And we were so confident. So we just like jump inside and then we start swimming across the, you, you know, mid-point, the yeah. And midpoint, Nash and I realized we that we did not have the stamina left and that we were getting pushed away by the current and yeah. realized that we are not good swimmers at all. So we started panicking, you know, that mode of like, Holy shit, like, how are we going to survive this? And the moment you panic, ah. you know what happens, right? You just get dragged down. Yeah. And there's no way. Yeah. And when somebody saw that, when somebody yeah, saw her, like, hands coming oh out of the water, or, like our gosh. friends, they're like, hey, hurry up, the twins are in trouble. I was like, yes, we are in trouble. There's a high chance that uh, we may not survive this. But, I mean, that changed the way we, yeah. uh, you know, had this thing feeling for the water. And this was like our worst uh, section yeah. nightmare. Nightmare. Like without a PMD, without the flotation device, we're like, oh my gosh, I think we're just gonna get sucked in. Like yeah. and we don't want to do that. The one thing chance. we didn't know what not to do is not to panic, which is like what stayed in our head and mind for a long time is like don't panic. Just breathe and you'll be fine. Yeah. So they were like all these things that we were using like the mantras. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think the mental strength you've sort of built up over all your expeditions really helped you get through the eco challenge i mean i was just looking at you and looking at the other teams on on tv and the other teams look like they were breaking down you know they were breaking down you you guys look like you were amateurs but you look like you weren't breaking down it's like you know it's like every turn i would see, oh my god they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna start to break or they're gonna give up but then you're always happy you're always smiling you have this sort of mental strength that i didn't see with some of the other teams that that eventually dropped out uh, they seem to be more experienced a lot of them had team members who have been adventure racing before or, or things like that and I mean you know you guys chose what a race to choose for a first race I mean you know uh, that's like we haven't raced before let's go do the <laughs> eco challenge no, the energy that we like, took
0: away was from the fact that we were amateurs right? total rookies green of adventure racing I think the pressure mm-hmm. is less uh, to perform to get to the next point which yeah. is why we were feeding off of that energy. And to- totally, I mean, throughout the experience, we were like zombies, unconscious, <laughs> absolutely unconscious. I don't even remember some of the words I spit out of my mouth during the, the interviews. I was like, when did I say that? I have no recollection whatsoever. And even now, when we try to recollect some of those memories, yeah. you know, of, of being on the ecotourist, zero recollection. Why? Because clearly we were sub- semi-conscious, conscious, subconscious, you know, like, we were zombies, truly. And I, it's a miracle how we... And, you know, the the other part is that mm-hmm. we were we were coming together as a team for the very first time, yeah. just like two days before the race, which also meant like our ability oh, to wow. deal with a team like that also had to be profound in order to complete the race because it's not about one person. And I can tell you, JP, like it's so easy for somebody to say no and you're done because no matter how much of convincing you do, mm-hmm. try to do, that person is just not going to stick up to your word because they're course, done. Yeah. So I mean, even that ability to kind of make yeah. the team feel happy because everything you communicate you know, with with yourself and uh, with your expressions, they draw energy from that. You criticize somebody and you tell somebody it's their fault, that's the end of your team, man. Because And that's why we were not strongly opinionated, none yeah. of us, because we were rookies. None of us had ego yeah. or biases, none of that. Yeah. So it really helped.
1: Wait, who were the other two in your team? Because on TV, it's just the two of you all the time. It's like you were racing without two other people. <laughs> yeah. So who were not people? I guess, TC4? yeah, you're right.
0: I mean, during the race, I think they highlighted our story. I think, you know, it was just, uh, you know, the two of us wanting to race for gender equality. That was like the theme of our race. And perhaps that's why the uh, focus was on that messaging. Uh, but the two other boys, of course, like one of them happens to be from our own state, uh, Praveen. Oh. He's a local m- mountain boy. Oh, okay. And we happened to climb with him in the Indian Himalayas once in 2013. Yeah, that's a long time ago. And we knew that his, he was quite he's vivacious, curious. you know, like he had a very animated face and we knew like he's one of those guys who in our expedition too, he would make us laugh. Yeah. And we knew that if we had him in our team, no matter how challenging the situation is going to be, he's going to be there to like pep up the whole team because he has That's this right. habit of like, you know, pepping everybody up and he's quite humorous. So we, we decided that we should take Praveen because obviously he's been into climbing also, he was rafting here a lot. So he's been into the uh, water arena a lot. Um, but, you know, I think when we were looking at a team, we were looking at a team that, you know, was a diverse group of team. Like, we were good with different disciplines because we knew, like, unlike mountaineering, like, we had a lot of friends in the mountaineering fraternity. But then our dad's caution was that if you have everybody who's into climbing, then you're going to struggle because there are different disciplines in the race and not sure how well are you all going to pull that off as a team, you know? So, like, you had to have people in the team who are good with different disciplines and it almost acts like a five finger of a hand where you all perform different functions but then you can achieve a common goal together you know so we did keep that in mind and uh, one of the other members uh, uh, brandon fisher he's from the u.s actually utah, he's yeah. from utah um and uh, we happened to meet brandon i think during denali that was oh, in 2014 yeah. when we were climbing so he was standing with a group of friends as well. And I remember mm-hmm. there was this time when we had reached Camp 4 and beyond, when we were actually hitting the summit. Um, there was a storm that came in during that time. And uh, we were just walking towards the summit, and we found Brandon and his team members, you know, uh, struggling a little bit with the storm. And they were planning to go back down. But then, you know, we were like, no, I think we should do this together. Like We should just go to the summit together, and we, we, you know, we'll go as a team. So then we all went to the summit of Binali together and realized that we pushed through the storm regardless of what the environment was like. And I think that's where the connection sort of grew because, you know, I mean, we knew him from that experience. And in 2018, we randomly happened to bump into Brandon in the streets of Kathmandu. I don't know where. I don't know where. <laughs> we were just walking. He was walking with his friends again. And we were like, he's like twins. That and we're true. like, like we were just connected through Facebook, you know, we were just connected through social media. And then all of a sudden we see Brandon there, was like, what a small world, nice. like, yeah, you know, this yeah. is like bump into people. So that's when we're like, he's one of those persons who's been into adventure sports. Like he loves coming from Utah. I mean, he was good with the paragliding. you know, he had an interest in a lot of other adventure activities. And we knew he was going to be a great fit, like, you know, um, and personally, we didn't know him that well. So we thought this is a chance for us to get to know him better. And, uh, you know, that's how we got yeah. our team together. Right. But it was extremely challenging because, I mean, he was in the US and we were in India training. So we together. got a fair bit of chance with the other member from India, but we didn't really come together as a team together Yeah, me, so. I
1: can imagine. I mean, that's that's really difficult coming, just meeting your team two days before the race. I mean, when, when I used to do adventure racing, we would train for, you know, a couple of months together just to see how, you know, you sort of mesh and, you know, see if you fight with each other or, you know, have disagreements. And this is common... Uh, with any team obviously um and, and and to add to this like do you two ever get into arguments you've been on many expeditions with each other um you've you've gone all over the world the, the most difficult environments. how often do you argue <laughs> these times <No.
0: laughs> okay so i think the only reason we are together jp is because of our adventure pursuits to yeah. be honest um I Uh, think the mountains mountains. have sort of bonded us even more uh, because we did realize that, you know, when you're going into a dangerous situation or an extreme environment, you do need somebody you can trust uh, your life with like fully. And I knew being a sibling, I think I had that internally. Mm -hmm. Like I knew if something went wrong with me, like my sister is going to be there to help me out. Like there was always this, um, I was very peaceful at mind knowing that my sister was around with me in these expeditions. However, when we are not in expeditions, we fight a lot. Like we are twins, but we have different personalities. And sometimes when they don't match, it's almost like mom and dad are worried for us. They're like, you girls will fight. Like you are siblings and you've been together for 26 years, 27 years. Like what can go wrong? And why do you girls fight? But then we have our moments, like we said. And I think the only reason we have stuck together is the expeditions that we've been on. Because I think we have valued our life even more uh, during those expeditions. And when you have somebody to share that with you, in that time I think it bonds you even stronger but eco challenge was way different to be honest I think we fought a lot during eco challenge because I think all the four members in a team they were trying to survive you know what I mean like it was such a brutal race that every member of the team was just wanting to survive first and then help others you know it was not like we weren't like in a climbing scene where you know we're looking after each other if somebody is getting hypothermia you're treating him right there and then here you wanted to treat yourself first whether it was your bruises your blisters you know anything to do with yourself so there were times when I know on the race as well I think you know like why I kind of say that we fought a lot was because you know we all four were like leaders in the race like we you know we would just jump in based on our skills and you know we would help one another out but there was times like I remember the section where we had to paddle board, and it was the first time I was getting on a paddle board, so I, I was wow. leaking out okay. Like, I didn't even know how to use a paddle. Like, it was it was insane. Like, I was, like, you know, inflating it for the first time, and I'm, like, going into the ocean with a paddle. And I remember I was trying to ask Nash for help, because she had done once or twice. Uh, I had only done an R session yeah. while I was in New York, because a friend paid for it. I was like, sure. Yeah. But an R is not enough to understand paddleboarding, but if you know <laughs> So like, oh, I just yeah, assumed that sure. my sister at least knows how to, you know, paddleboard. So I was like trying to scream out of my lungs, like, Ash, can you help me? And, you know, obviously we are getting into this ocean to go to the side, uh, the the river. The yeah, river. The upstream, yeah. And I was panicking like anything because I just felt like there was, there were sharks under me, like underneath my board. And I just started imagining things in the water. And nobody was coming to my rescue from the team, and I just lost it. And that's when I fought with my sister. I'm like, "You don't care about me, you know. Even if I die tomorrow, you won't be there to help me." And those were the moments. But honestly, it was nothing wow. personal. I think <laughs> it was just a frustration we were bringing out on one another, uh, just on basis of what we were experiencing. I would say. Um, but yeah, we we do have a moments to be honest, mm-hmm. like not otherwise. Okay. But right now, we may have one. That's <laughs> like you guys should have a camera in your room because the world will know what you guys go through <laughs> every day of your life.
1: and um now that you've done the eco challenge you've done the seven summits you've skied to the north and south pole what's next like what's a bigger challenge than oh man should we just say we're retiring at like
0: 39 like (laughs) no you can
1: you can But then you, I'm sure you can't, you can't
0: do that. Basically, I think yeah, like there's a help lot it. of beating that we've taken already. Like you know, just doing these extreme expeditions back to back. Like I know during the Grand Slam too, we did not have time to like take a break or you know rest up because one expedition led to the other expedition, and it was just like a process. So we didn't really get time to be poop. Um, And you know, we would get busy like raising funds for the next time. So we had a phase where it was just like work, 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 and no sleep, and just keep raising funds and climb so it was very stressful and it was kind of like you know you had to climb the physical mountain but then you also had the invisible mountain to climb yeah. so i would say that physically we've taken a lot of beating at a very early on in life uh, because we started climbing when we were 18 19 um but now when people tell us what do you want to do next i'm just like i wish i could fly to the moon and do some epic adventures there uh but nushina we are very passionate about like the work that we're doing right now with the projects that we are involved in like the outdoor leadership school and I feel like no matter how much you do these adventure activities for yourself, it is important that you, uh, you know, give time and impact lives here where you are from, like the region that you're from, so that there are many more adventurers in the future who can take a sport like, you know, adventure sports and compete in the world's toughest race. So we are uh, definitely focusing on our projects that we're doing right now. In terms of adventure, like, I don't think it'll ever stop for the two of us. Like, we're always planning something very exciting. Um, But I don't know. I feel like, Ever since I've been on the world stuff, histories, I think my love for water has grown a lot more. Uh, because I'm still not very confident in the water, and I feel like I need to do more in terms of like getting that confidence, and that only comes with experience. So I feel like I need to do more of like paddleboarding and sailing and surfing because I feel like yeah, it's it's uh, something that I would love to uh, you know work on as a as a skill because I'm very bad with it and that's my fear. So um, I really need to work hard to uh, be able to be comfortable in the water. I mean, even if it's to undertake any challenges around the world which involves water, you know, you have to sort of be at the top of your game, and that's what I'm focusing on right now. Is to how do you master things in the water? And now, obviously, training mm-hmm. kayaking and rafting and all these like new disciplines that we are uh, training at because it's exciting. You know, like I think it's great to have the balance. So yeah, I think we'll be doing that, like just training on different yeah. disciplines, and uh, maybe yeah, who knows what's the big next big adventure? But for sure, now is the project that we're working on, and. For a mom, it's clearly to get married and have kids. Yeah, so I think like, that's going
1: to be our next. Video. <laughs> I think that's for most Indian mothers, most likely, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But with job. the with with the amount of money you've spent on all your expeditions, that's more than whatever dowry you <laughs> would have. No, I know. She's not happy about it either. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, when do we girls
0: get married? We're like, yeah, we're married to the mountains, the rivers, the oceans, and the jungles. <laughs>
1: Know, I can imagine. Um, and um, maybe a last question before I let you, got, you girls go. Um, what do you hope to achieve for for women in India uh, with the work that you do?
0: All right. Yeah, so uh, the, the bigger purpose is obviously to ignite uh, a deeper love for the outdoors uh, and gain as much as you can from that experience because it's one place that uh, you clearly see no boundaries and also allows you to develop some leadership skills that are so crucial for life. Uh, it's, it's a sport that we felt really empowers women from within. Uh, when I saw a girl climbing uh, at our climbing wall the other day uh, from one of the villages around, the league, I felt so happy to see her laugh and be joyous. I just saw the sparkle in her eyes and that to me has been a very powerful moment to see how, uh, you know, how uplifting this, this experience can be. Uh, for girls and women particularly in the outdoor circuit where you know there aren't many women so the hope is obviously to inspire more women to uh, climb their own mountains whatever way they can and we will try and provide as much of the enabling environment as our parents have provided us with and kind of take that trend forward and always you know the act of kindness never ends I mean they're going to spread the word it's going to be a network of like-minded sisters and brothers want to make a positive difference in their own community and that's so important like small change makers from different regions and i just hope that women take to outdoors it's interesting it's fun and uh even if they they can't be a part of this then just have the greater motivation to do something better in their lives and to change their lives for good i mean we often think about ways that we can change our life i mean nobody has a peaceful setting to reach these Big dreams of theirs. So there's definitely a lot of compromise, a lot of hard work. Without that, struggle is always there. I mean, in the ten years that we've been climbing, we haven't gone to a cinema, for instance. And that's like, I mean, it's a simple code. But I mean, those are the things you got to let go for your dream. And so to understand that there is a bigger compromise, uh, there's you have to let go of things to achieve something bigger. Is something that I want these girls to realize that prioritize, make things that are important to you important to you genuinely, and commit to it, and things will become a reality. So that's my big goal
1: all right so thank you so much for giving me the time uh to share your story share all of those insights and uh, oh please tell your dad i'm a big fan of his (laughs) i mean i'm a big fan of your dad i think he raised some really awesome women and you know like in india especially putting together what he did for you girls uh i think is something it's really special so So thank you so much um, for the time you've given. And uh, I hope this isn't the last time I get to talk to you both. And uh, hopefully I get to come to India and visit you one of these days or come to the Philippines when this is all over. We have beautiful mountains as well and uh, lots of water. We have 7,000 islands. So you can paddle all over the, the Philippines and explore as much as you want. So thank you so much. Uh, both of you for it's for the time today.
0: Thank you so much. Pleasure. It's been such a fun uh, fun chat this yeah. morning, I and mean, I a little Party as well. It's only about eleven twenty here, so the rest of the day <laughs> will be bright and beautiful because we had a chance to uh, interact with you, and it's been absolute absolutely here. And we can't wait for you to come to Podcast. India. We'll take you on small hikes or big hikes as per you.
1: So remember to be human first I think of all the things they've said that really resonates with me because um, spending a lifetime outdoors spending a lifetime doing all of these different adventures really teaches you how similar we are to each other no matter the race no matter the skin color I've trekked with every type of uh, nationality in the world. I've I've mountain biked. I've I've ran with every nationality in the world, and there is literally, you know, no difference. We're we are all humans, and. Uh, Truly, I mean, speaking to Tashi and Nungshi for this episode of the Wildcast was inspirational for me. I mean, all of the things they've done, I've wanted to do. Of course, at this point, I'm not sure if I'll ever be able to do any of them. But um, they're just amazing. I mean, just just listening to uh, that conversation, uh, those adventures, you know, going to the North Pole um climbing mount everest climbing denali and the eco challenge imagine doing your first race and you chose the eco challenge i i don't think i would be brave enough to do that but (laughs) um i mean they were amazing at the eco challenge i have to say so many times while watching it i was thinking you know, the, they're gonna, they're gonna go, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna give up, but they never did, and they finished. And it's really this grit, this, um, I guess it's the breadth of expedition experience that actually made it possible for them to finish it. And I am uh, proud to have them on on the wildcast, and honored to have them on the wildcast as my guests. And I hope those of you who have listened to them have taken away as much from that conversation as I have. Uh, Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to The Wildcast. And see you next Wednesday for the next episode of The Wildcast. On the next episode of The Wildcast, we have the former... Uh, CEO of the Basis Conversion Development Authority in the Philippines. Uh, Arnel Pasiano Casanova is someone I really, really look up to. He's now the CEO of one of the largest construction companies in the world here in the Philippines, AECOM. Um, if you hear his life story, I mean, this guy is just amazing. He grew up in the slums, he grew up in the poorest family. And, I mean, he has literally reached for the stars and made it with integrity. Uh, That was such an amazing conversation with Arnell, And I'm looking forward to having all of you listen to it next week on The Wildcast.